Thanks to our thanks to Blue Chew for supporting Tim Fall Hat. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free with the promo code TINFOIL. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B L U E chew.com promo code TINFOIL. Tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. <laughs> yes, and welcome back to Tim Fall Hat. We appreciate all your support and love. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, to all you new listeners, welcome to everybody who's been, been with us from the start, been ride or die. Welcome. Uh, this month is going to be a month of some of the most insane guests we got all the big ones, including our guests on here today. And uh, just know, man, we don't filter the news. We don't filter the information. We put the information out, and we let you decide what's real, what's fake. <laughs> and you don't come here hearing what you want to hear. Come here hearing what the information is, and you make a decision. Too much work. We all live in echo chambers, and I'm just tired of it. And I'm tired of both sides getting mad when they hear information doesn't fit into their narrative. Whether I'm interviewing someone you don't like and you don't get angry about that because they don't see the world the same way, that's not what this show's about. This show's about what's the information, here's the information, you make your own decisions. Uh, joining me, as always, one of my favorite <laughs> people on the planet, my, my ride-or-die co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. XG and the place to be. How are we doing? How I are, agree, man. They got to just be loyal to the foil. That's yeah, the only thing they, yeah. should, they should stick to, just us. <laughs> be Other loyal that, to the foil, yeah, dude. Just damn. know we're giving you the info. Stop wanting to hear what you want to hear. That's not what this point of the show is. The show is what is out there, and you use your common sense, which doesn't seem that common, and you use it to decide what you think the, is accurate information. I don't put out fake info. I don't, but I also don't fucking sit there and decide what information you need to hear i put it all out and allow you to make a decision that's what we're about just know that the information is as real and as truthful as best we know it is meaning that you know at this moment i think this is the most accurate information if two weeks from now i find out this is wrong i will go back i'll apologize i'll be like dude i put that out it's not real my apologies we got snookered okay we had some people trying to muck it up and we got taken and now this is what we think right now at this moment is real so come here for the truth the truth chamber all right this is where the truth comes out uh, a lot of amazing things going on uh some dates some people, can we go to dates? Look at that, dude. We got uh, Conspiracy Now, which will be on this Monday. I mean, this Wednesday. We got a doubleheader, 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Uh, we got two shows coming down. That's for your charge. You just got to go to the world-famous comedy store and go to the podcast room at 9 o'clock. Two shows. 
Uh, you're going to love our guest. Uh, we have uh, a- Absolute Abstract presents Comedy Chaos, May 21st, live at the Comedy Store, hosted by Master of Ceremonies, myself. Uh, the lineup is Pure Murder, Burt Kreischer, uh, The Fire and the Kid, Brian Callen, Brandon Schaub, Tony Baker, Tony Hinchcliffe, Ian Bag. It's only $25. This will sh- sell out. We thank you, Absolute Extract. The uh, ABX.org, go check them out. They are the Nike, the Reebok of weed. Uh, they are taking weed to another level. They are fighting the Monsantos and all of them, trying to get into the weed game. Jeff Sessions and fucking, what's his name? The old CIA guy who fucking planned 9-11. That piece of shit's getting into uh, weed. Don't buy their weed. Buy our friends at uh, ABX. Man, they got everything. Flower, vape. They got stuff for your JJ. I'm trying to tell them to get some weed boner pills, you know? Go along with our friends. Hey, I, that'd Blue be weird. Tip. That'd be great. Be high and boner pilled at the same time? Dude, high, have a high angry boner? That would be fucking <laughs> nuts. Dude. A pussy going to get eaten. So go check it. Oh, we're going to be in Dallas. What is that? J- June 14th and 15th. We're going to be in Texas. We're going to be uh, in Dallas. At the, uh, we're going to be at High, uh, Highness Comedy Nightclub in Plano, Texas. Yep. That is on the 13th. No, the 14th. 14th and then the, and 15th. Then the 15th. I got to change the date on that. The 15th, we're in Houston. We're at the Seeker Group with our boy Reed. Uh, XG's going to be out there. So we're going double Mexican barrel on this shit, okay? <laughs> Two Mexicans for the price of one. Eddie Bravo, <laughs> XG, Armenian, which is kind of Mexican if you think about it in some weird way. Uh, it's me- super Mexican. So we're going to be out there. Grab your tickets now. These, t- these shows will sell out. And then at the end of the month, we are at Skank Fest, okay? XG, myself, Tim Dillon. We're doing a Tim Fall hat. We got a very special guest who's going to pop in. We're trying to figure out how to get him out there. So that is where that is at. Uh, we have a very special new sponsor. That's right. Our good <laughs> friends here at Nutsack. That is their name <laughs> of their company. Nutsack. That's N U C N U T S. AC, that's nutsack, okay? They're perfect bags for everyday carry. That's right. Uh, I use them. My computer's in there, my wallet, my everything. I don't know why ladies get a purse. Ladies get a purse. Why can't guys have a purse that doesn't look like a fanny pack? It looks like you like the rollerblade in 80s fucking neon colors, okay? I just want a work. I want something that looks like I'm Dr. Who and I'm getting in a, t- a phone booth and I'm solving crimes throughout time. That's what these things make me feel like. I feel like Dr. Who just go. It's it's a, it, we're very excited to have them on. Just go to our good friends. Go to uh, nutsack.com. That's N-U-T-S-A-C.com. Use the promo code TIN. Foil hat, dude. They here's the thing I like about that. You know what I like about our sponsors? I like our sponsors who are made in the USA. Nutsack bags are made in the USA. They're high quality material craftsmanship. American wax canvas, American leather, American labor. Strong water resistance. Lifetime guarantee, dude. Lifetime. Just give them two weeks and they'll change your life. We guarantee you'll love your nutsack. Our product comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, bro. No more stuff pockets. No more sitting on your wallet. I hate that. You ever sit on your wallet? Your ass gets numb? You're like, am I having a heart attack? No, your wallet's too <laughs> thick, you dumbass. So go help our friends at Nutsack. I love my bag right there. It's got all my computer stuff, my my cords, my my chargers, my everything in one thing. No more in my 
my my pants, my my pockets are ruined because of that. So now, uh, right now, Nutsack is offering five dollars off the first purchase. That's money you could use to uh, to buy yourself a nice beer or a drink or some. Go to uh, abx.org, g- grab yourself some weed to receive your five dollar discount. Visit Nutsack. That's n u t s a c dot com and use the promo code Tin Foil. Hat at checkout. What more do you want? Blue Chew and a nutsack bag all at once? Dude, I love Blue Chew because you know what? I love American-made boners. That's why. Okay? I like boners made in America. You like sex? Hell yeah. Go to BlueChew.com. Blue Chew offers a performance enhancing for the bedroom. When you like to last longer, go extra rounds. What's the point of fighting oppression and injustice and propaganda if you can't get your dick wet once in a while? Okay? Yes, we like truth, but you know what? We like getting laid once in a while, too. And so some of us in our 40s need a little help. I don't, but I still take it because I love Blue Chew. I love rocking American-made boners. Chewables that can work up to twice as fast as pills. Blue Chews can be taken on a full or empty stomach. Blue Chew is cheaper than those other two Viagras. That's right, dude. It's that simple. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free and use the pom- promo code TINFOIL. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's B-L-U-C-Chew.com. Promo code TINFOIL. Chew it and do it, dog. Get in it and win it. You know what I'm saying? God, the world works in strange ways. You make all your money in your 40s, then you're, you're running out of boners. When you are a kid, you thought, I got a million boners. You don't. <laughs> but now you do, thanks to Blue Chew. Okay? I'm going to get Blue Chew. I'm going to get our nut sack. I'm going to have you send Blue Chew in your nut sack. That's how I'm going to do it, dude. Hey, go check out our T-shirts, everybody. T-shirts. Go to tinfallhatshirts.com. Support the show. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're at, dude. Things are amazing. Uh, I'm very excited to have our guests back on. Uh, they came on last time, and they simply knocked it out of the park. And so I'm excited to have back from the Propaganda Report, Monica Perez and her co-host, Brad Blinkley, everybody. How are you guys? What's the word? Great. After that list of sponsorships, I'm I'm excited. You know what, man? People Dude, get... it's like a list of Father's Day present ideas. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? Everybody, nobody cares about Father's Day, by the way. Did you know that it's like ranked 19th in fucking holidays? Like, nobody cares about that. Best Father's Day ever. Yeah. Get that a, a get that some weed, a bag, and some boner <laughs> pills. Nutsack full of weed and boner pills. And let them light up. I never thought I'd hear nutsack bags made in America. Yeah. We need more. Dude. Yeah. I like our boner pills. They're made in America. They should come with little eagles on them. Hey, Blue Chew, put little eagles on your fucking boner pills. Right? Why not? Bald eagle. Let's do it. You guys are back before. Everybody absolutely loved your appearance. And uh, so I'm glad you guys are back. We're going to talk about the subject in a little while. Can you tell them a little bit about the propaganda report? You're good. Or not. Or not. Go ahead, Bigley. Propaganda report. We deconstruct the news. We try to dive down the rabbit hole and, you know, expose what's really going on. Like uh, you were saying a minute ago, we, we put out the truth as we know it, and we're not afraid to correct ourselves if we're wrong. Thepropreport.com is our website. You can subscribe to us on your platform of choice. Now, let me ask you something. Did you, do you guys get any pushback on the name? Because I did Tinfoil Hat, and people don't realize why I did Tinfoil Hat. It's the NWA of podcasting. I said, what is 
the one term that they tried to demonize so much. I'm going to take that term, make it the name of my show, and that way we kind of own it. Now, do you guys ever get any pushback because you're called the propaganda report? I have uh, I've some commenters. They're like, oh, what? Your propaganda. Well, that's, you know, real good, <laughs> Your good propaganda. Comeback. But I think it gets lifted more than it gets abused. Really? Really? Yeah, people, yeah. What happens? What, what are you talking about? Uh, I think one of my my absolute favorite podcaster and website, absolute favorite, James Corbett, has Propaganda Watch now, which I thought was a little, was post-propaganda report, but I love it. I'm happy to share, but I don't think he thinks it's stigmatizing. Interesting. Well, I Maybe think he that, went first. I don't know, but I didn't notice. You it. know, in comedy, it's very interesting. When you come up with a premise, right, and you start doing a joke, suddenly you notice when everybody else suddenly has a topic on it. And it might not be that you were the first or the last or anything like that. Right. But now no, you now it's thing. in yeah. your it's in your 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 your, your realm. Yeah, you're 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 yeah. noticing yeah. it. Yeah. But the more they own it, hey, anything Colbert Colbert's doing and you're doing means you're on to something good. It means you're doing I something totally well because uh, we yeah. love him very much and we love you guys. He's my fave. He is my fave. It's sad that all the great ones have to move to Japan, which makes me wonder I'm, what yeah. I'm still doing here. <laughs> Why am I still in the United States? Like, people give me so much shit. They actually, the fact that I stayed in the Viper's Den and talked mad shit, they actually used it against me. Like, oh, what do you want? He lives in L.A. Oh, I'm sorry. I should cut and run and go live in a fucking forest like everybody else. Or I could sit here and talk mad shit to these people's faces and call them out on yeah. their bullshit. You know, it's, it's just you get pushback. All the time in L.A. and comedy, they use oh, dude, one guy's like going off about how like I'm I'm using comedy and conspiracies because I'm CIA and it's just like it's just like it's like we we're damned if we do we're damned if we yeah. don't right like if we have to be so pure to conspiracies that. Anyone over 100 people listening is a sign that we're fucking compromised, right? Yeah. And then all they do is complain that all they do is not listen to conspiracy theorists. They alienate us. They deplatform us. That when we actually do get on something big, it's a sign that we've sold out as well. So we literally can't win. Like, I have to. Well, they do that on purpose. You know, that's the whole, that's the, probably the Cass Sunstein cognitive infiltration idea where they just bombard the world with disinformation to drown out the real information they put easter eggs here and there to get you to go down the wrong path and uh, and it just makes it impossible for sane rational people to separate the right from the wrong unless they're very scrupulous about research and uh, double checking what you say and all that you know it's really incumbents on the listener to figure out if you're intentionally misleading them genuinely misled or telling the truth well it's very interesting that like they're, they're obviously, we've seen over time, CIA assets and all that stuff, without a doubt. But it's like the notion that you could be broke and a CIA asset, that has to be like the worst of both. Like, who would sell out yeah, and yeah, not make any money? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's so ridiculous. And, you know, it's like I'm friends with some very big name people. And just seeing how people just destroy these people and they're the nicest people ever. It's like, it really makes me kind of like want to pull back on laying into people that I don't actually know because I totally agree. This notion that I based like some people, the, what I interpret them off their social media versus who they might actually be are two different things. And it's just, yeah. it's just really weird how like 
we just like conspiracy theorists just eat our own. We just we just we can't be happy for anyone making it. And if anyone's making it, it's because they're a fucking gay Jew shill. Like I've been called a, a thousand times. And it's just like weird. It's like I just enjoy learning information. Like this show is really less conspiracy and more history. It's a history show. That is camouflage as a conspiracy show because that seems to be the label that is put on what we like to talk about, which is the unreported. We are spiritual yeah. skeptics of the unreported news. And that's really what we do. But it's really a history show. And if you love history, we're just telling you the unreported history. That we're they're... telling you the real history because they don't. They, can, they intentionally whitewash the real history. And there's journalism layered over that. If you want to separate history, yeah. if you have to have some perspective to look back on history and current events falls into the category of journalism, I would say it's that kind of continuum. Yeah, for, I mean, 100%. Before we get into this, I realize I did not give you a moment to give your date. Oh, you're right. I completely forgot date. about it. Wednesday. Tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> this comes out yeah. tonight. This, so on Wednesday, Wednesday you're going to be at the uh, Irvine Improv with Kate Quigley, George Perez. And where can and they get Sidic tickets? At IrvineImprov.com. Okay, go Perfect. check it out. There I always go. want no, you're good. Shifts. Yeah, of course. So there we go, guys. I, I I'm being honest with you. I love you guys. I think you guys, everybody should listen to you guys. You guys are so informant. You do really great research, and your presentation is wonderful. And I I enjoy our our uh, our conversations on my podcast so i appreciate you guys coming back on and, and and you know you guys really knocked out of the park last time so i'm really excited to talk to you about this one it's kind of a scandal that's kind of gone away which i don't think it should i think it's a real sign of of how how like you know what i really honestly believe if benedict arnold was around today he wouldn't be known as a traitor he would just be known as yeah. a career politician based on what we're about to talk about and that is the Awam brothers scandal that came and went and that if people really knew how dark and how evil it was, they would, they would flip out or maybe they won't. I don't know today. People, I just think don't, they're too busy looking at black stripper ass on Instagram (laughs) to give a shit about what's going on in Washington DC. But the Awam brothers scandal, what are your guys thoughts on that? And where do you want to begin? Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you, I I got the book, Luke Rosniak's book uh, from The Daily Caller, and it laid out basically everything that you can get from his articles. He's the guy who kind of dug into the story and wouldn't let it go. And uh, but what but the threads that I found more interesting to pull were was stuff that he didn't get into too much in his book. But he kind of lays out that the basic idea was the inspector general of the house, I guess it is. I I don't know her specific title, but she discovered that there were inventory irregularities in the accounting of some of the congressmen where the Awan brothers were working. So there was five or six people, three Awan brothers, two wives and a friend who were sharing employment as IT providers for a, a host of congressional, like maybe one fifth of the house Democrats. Oh my God! Yeah, and and it was like they forty of them, right? Uh, I, I thought it was fifty. Remember. I thought it was yeah. up to fifty. Something it like might that. have been. And so what they did was, and they were making what it seems like what the pattern was 
was when you hit the cap of how much you could make, like Imran Awan, the the original guy, the first brother of, um, he came over from Pakistan with his family and became a citizen. And then in 2004, I think he got his first congressional job and he quickly got uh, like kind of capped at maybe 150, $160,000. And then as the next person he brought on as a shared employee got capped, another person would come on and get capped to the point where his littlest brother who was only 20 came on the payroll in 2014 and then he quickly got capped and i found something that i didn't see in that book and i haven't heard anybody else talk oh. about there's a a house payroll um just a like a tally an accounting you know like a spreadsheet from 2018 that has a guy named omar awan so the brothers are a bead Jamal and Imran, but I think a bead goes by Omar sometimes. And in the fourth quarter of 2018, which is the last reported quarter, probably right. Omar Awan is reported as making $140,000 for that quarter, which would be 160 as the director of strategy. Think for IT now it could be a different guy, but I can't find any record of who that employee is so I would I don't really understand how that person could still be on the payroll without any what they call disambiguation telling us it's somebody else. So these yeah. guys are all uh, on the we're all on the payroll. And then the inspector general found two very serious irregularities pertaining to these people, these congressmen. One was that inventory items, iPads, iPhones, stuff like that were being underreported for what they cost so that they wouldn't hit the reporting requirement of $500. And these things were going missing to the point it was definitely six figures worth of stuff. And uh, her suspicion was a trace back to these guys. And also that, that those shared employees were hitting the servers, accessing the servers, not only of their own congressmen, but of people they didn't even work for. <clears throat> Many oh times the God. amount of hits that other other thousands so these guys are pakistani descent uh basically where we we were told and we don't even know if that's real which i'm starting to question that pakistan was uh harboring uh, osama bin laden and that's where the you know teal seal team seven or six or whatever their name was went in And took them out, and then all those Navy SEALs, which I I, I believe is true, they're all dead except for one who wrote a because book. Because Biden outed them, right? Yeah, I mean, like it's just it's this whole thing is so fucking nuts. But it's like, I mean, we really, I mean, there's so much stuff that this even goes into the Clintons and how like this whole thing with uh, Benghazi and how basically there's one like there's one. These these documents are being sent to one place, and they don't know where that is. And there's a chance that she could have been allegedly selling our secrets to China because she didn't give a fuck about anything. And you don't hear anything about that. And now you have Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who's a big player in this game, hiring this IT group for so much money. Even when it was outed, she kept them on the payroll at a humongous amount of money beyond anything that IT is normally getting paid to do. And these guys were Pakistani and they were basically had access to so many of these politicians and their, their computers, their, their, their passwords, and they could take all these documents off and who knows what they were doing with them, most likely sending them back to Pakistan. 
I mean, it, and this is scandal so big, and yet it just quietly went away. It they is, swept it away, and the main thing everybody wants to talk about right now is worried about 2020 election interference. When you go back to this, this wasn't studied at all. This wasn't investigated at all, yet they're talking about election interference right now. And they were doing the scheme where it was called like ghost employees, so only a couple of them were, were going in. So they weren't even showing up. They were collecting paychecks, and they had open access to everything. And then almost everybody on the Republican and the Democrat side like defended them. So they were like making it hard to do an investigation. And, and I think that's probably because... Because if somebody has access to all of your information for 13 years, then they're going to have compromising information oh, on every single person sure, in there. Oh, sure, dude. All the weird shit you're into. That's why I'm brutally honest about all the weird <laughs> shit I'm onto, into. I like. I go yeah. on stage. I'm like, yeah, I like to be called the N-word in bed. I'm just like, <laughs> I'll be brutally honest about it because then they can't come and blackmail me later because they'll be like, hey, when you were like at five, you had sex with your couch. I'm like, yeah, I talked about that in my third <laughs> album, dude. It's just like, but get out the dirty laundry so they can't do anything with it. But yeah. these guys have access to all their computers, all their documents, all all the weird shit they're jerking off to like just the whole washington dc is just a giant blackmail ponzi scheme i think it's just right. everybody isn't blackmail. that what it's designed to be isn't that like you can't actually get the job if you don't have skeletons they can hold over your head yeah for sure now let's take a look at like youtube right youtube has gotten busted for having these weird like YouTube videos, which like borderline corporate kitty porn, right? Like they're oh, the really comments. creepy, right? No, it's the comments. It's terrible. But but hold on, yeah. But that's what the whole thing. So they have these videos, right? So then they just see who makes comments, right? Yeah. And then they start. That's how they find out who you are. And then they're like, oh, this guy wants to run for office. Let's have him run for office. And then, Boom! They just nail you with, like, hey, dude, we see you doing this crazy shit, and you're commenting here, and, oh, look at these pictures of you doing this comp And then, bam, you're just bought right there, dude. You're so what just you're saying is, to be a politician, you got to have some creepy comments? No, <laughs> what I'm saying get, is well, that yeah, but that's how, at yeah. the highest levels, they're all compromised. You know, it's like it's we some... talked about on Trump. It's like... There's a whole thing that he was money laundering. He was, he like, dude, he was filing bankruptcy left and right. Money laundering for drug cartels, who and we all know who runs drug cartels, the CIA. I mean, they got all this crazy shit. So everybody's blackmailed to a point that if you say anything, they throw you under the bus. And then occasionally they'll throw a politician under the bus so it looks like they're cleaning up, you know, Washington, D.C. We're getting rid of the yeah. bad guys. But look, we got this guy. Why everybody else? I mean, like, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is literally on a election fraud committee interviewing people about the Russians colluding to uh, affect the 2016 when she's just completely part of this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, and the media doesn't care about it because they, they support they, – they, they, they will cover up who they need to cover up for and – they will let it slide when it you know, serves their agenda. They're all guilty. I, not all guilty. A lot of them are they're kind of conned into it from the top. But this uh, institution of the media is, is, is guilty in protecting the, the people that really we should be exposing. Yeah, I mean, what is Rachel Maddow's ratings right now? Anything outside of her family watching <laughs> is ridiculous. Like, how can you watch Rachel Maddow's after she's just straight up busted for two years lying to you and like like do you guys think she lied or did she did she know she was lying or do you think she really believed what she was reporting 
I personally think she was lying. There's some that I think did I think believed it. I personally think she's one of the ones who because uh, she's too in my in my opinion she's too she's too much of a powerful figure up there to to not be in the know. And some of the stuff she did, it was just so obvious that it wasn't true. <laughs> so. well, the way I look at it for uh, that kind of thing is she she would probably intentionally not actually dig into where she knew the answers. And I have to say, there's a bit of a red flag with her because, if I'm not mistaken, she's a Rhodes Scholar. Yep. And the Rhodes Scholarship was established by Cecil Rhodes of Rhodesia and uh, De Beers, who established the Roundtable, who, speaking of Corbett, did a fantastic uh, trilogy on World War One, where the Roundtable kind of decided, under the leadership of Cecil Rhodes, to reinstitute the British Empire kind of behind the scenes and spread their version of social democracy and the English language all over the world, which it looks like they are successful in doing. But anytime I hear somebody's a Rhodes Scholar, who I think also includes Bill, Bill Clinton, Clinton yeah. I feel like they they uh, if they are if they are unaware that what they're saying is untrue, it's because they're very skilled in making sure they don't actually know the answers. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also Will that they play ball. They play ball. They show the willingness to play ball. We've talked about on the show. Public school is just teaching you to follow orders, and those who get high grades and you know the principals list are the ones who play who follow the rules the best. You know, it's like being yep. in L.A. I know so many people who really know the rules of grammar, and that's all they are, are rules, right? They're great rules of grammar. <laughs> I have no clue of them at all. I'm 46. I couldn't write a, a real sentence to save my fucking life, okay? But, but then you talk to these people one-on-one, they're clueless about how the world works. They're just, they're well, just systematic in how they know how yeah. system works. As a friend of mine who is very successful within the system as I started telling him like, but it's not right. It's, it's the, it's rigged, whatever. And he was like, Hey, 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 stop talking. It's working for me. <laughs> and that's how come I've noticed that the people who are, who are most entrenched in the system who are best at it won't see it. And I've absolutely think that's true for academics, for high yeah. academia. Who likes yeah, who? My, my, my friend has an Alexia that controls his entire house. He watches <laughs> the, the, uh, the cameras and he, can, he he colludes with his neighborhood. They they like share each other's streams. They're all watching each other. <laughs> oh, and, that sounds uh, some like, weird swinger shit. That I'm against. <laughs> yeah, that's Is some that weird swinger shit. Hey, it's like, do you guys <laughs> not watch... 1984 you guys didn't read 1984 you didn't fucking watch the terminator shit you didn't watch war i mean like dude all this stuff has been warned to you in the past that this kind of being connected into the system is leads to like some draconian type society where we're ruled by some omnipresence person and if you don't play ball you disappear and all that and it's just like so weird that people are like they don't like the people who hate conspiracies we've said this before are people for some reason who are doing very well in their industry and have children because one they don't if they yes. don't want to pay attention because that might mean they're playing into this system that is abusing and destroying and murdering and raping other people. And two, they don't want to believe that they brought their kids into this fucking awful world. And it's sad. I would suck to have kids and bring them in. Well, it's Imagine. like, you know, you got, I mean, like you got to tell your kid, like teach them ninja shit and jujitsu <laughs> and hunting I with totally knives. Agree. 
and teach them how it to. It keeps f- you fighting. I have kids, and I have to. And unfortunately, I have told them what I really think is true, and their little minds can't really deal with it. I feel I regret it. I think I should have like teased it out to them over time instead of just like, oh, don't believe any of that. It's crap. There's yeah. a pyramid. And yeah, 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 yeah. Like, ah. Yeah, that's Everything a great your point. Everything teacher says is bullshit. At what point yeah, do you bring mommy, your kids? Mommy, please stop. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Eddie Bravo tells him that he's not going to teach his kids about conspiracies till much later uh, oh. when they can when they can grasp what's going on. I don't know if you want to have a woke kid in school. That seems like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was... I, this is the funny thing. My oldest son has Down syndrome. And he and he went in and told the teachers, my mom says you're brainwashing me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's incredible. And that's great. You can have a sense of humor about that. But they are. They are. They re- I mean, it's all doctrination, dude. That's all it is. Like the, our presidents loved us and all this crap. It gets get you to play ball. And those who don't play ball, they get pounded on, dude. They get like they get held back or they get detention all the time. And it's the people who just don't question anything. Go, go, go. Where do you say it starts? It starts with Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus. Then the is pilgrims. The then the pilgrims. Yeah, Santa Claus is the first conspiracy. Your whole family blackmails you into playing ball. And if you're good and you play ball, you get gifts. <laughs> if you don't play ball, you get coal and you're a bad kid and all that shit. But back to the... And he can watch you all the time. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. He's watching all the time. Motherfucking He's got a eagle. List, a and everyone's in on it. I'm serpent, dude. Serpent for life. <laughs> um... <laughs> So basically, in 2004, the Wan uh, brothers come to Capitol Hill, and they begin working for Re- Republican Robert Wexler. In 2005, one of the uh, Imran, uh, is that how you pronounce his name? Imran Awan. Imran Awan begins working for Debbie Wasserman Schultz in 2005. The other Awan brother joins him in uh, uh, working on Capitol Hill. Now, here's a very interesting thing. We're going to get into this. In November 2009, the Awan fi- family starts simultaneously, simultaneously managing a full-time car dealership in Virginia yeah. with uh, one of the Awan brothers running day-to-day operations after contributing $250,000 to startup in startup cash. It was called, listen to this, Dude, they jet, it's like hiding in plain fucking sight. It's called Cars International A. And they're so lazy, they didn't even come up something with an A. They just said A. That's how lazy they are. Cars International A. And it is the uh, LLC, which is better known in court documents as CIA. That's like where the, rub it the in our threat face. to pull is. Yeah, that's right. It's just right hidden in plain sight. It's the uh, what do they call that revelation of the method? If yeah, you want to go yeah. down the conspiracy road, but that's where the thread I think most interesting to pull is in that uh, one of the guys who tried to bail them out in 2009. So I guess right away was Ali Al Attar, the doctor. Uh, who you're probably familiar with this guy. Do you know who this guy is? No, I read something about what's his role in this whole thing. Yeah. So, so what, when you read the kind of surface reports, articles on the, the CIA Carlson international a, you hear about this guy, Atar 
who gave them $100,000 to kind of help them with operational costs in 2009. And when they weren't able to pay him back immediately, like six months later or the next year, one of the partners, so you said the Awans gave 250, another guy gave 250, and that guy bought out Atar, and then he got like basically the whole interest in the business. So, but Atar, what's interesting about him, they, they'll say in the articles that he was uh, an Iraqi who was seen in 2012, a few years later, speaking to a Hezbollah operative. Now, I don't know if that's true. That information came from one guy, a former CIA uh, agent, I guess, called Phil Giraldi, who was Ron Paul's foreign affairs advisor during one of his presidential runs. But in any case, it's it's unsubstantiated, in my opinion, and no names attached. However, this guy, Atar, if you go way back, uh, the same guy, Giraldi, says that Wolfowitz consulted Atar as one of a, a small group of Iraqis who helped him justify the invasion of Iraq. But if you go forward a little bit, you see that the general who was like only in charge of reconstruction in Iraq for one month in 2003 placed him as the head of health services there. But then you'll see a couple of articles later from Voice of America and Radio Free Europe, both CIA propaganda arms. Oh, my Tucker God. Carl Tucker Carlson's dad ran one of them for a while. Oh, don't even get me started on Tucker Carlson. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's definitely sad, but or whatever. He's connected to this guy who's connected to the deep state, whatever. But what it's the funny thing is because these articles by these propaganda arms of the government cite, oh, we were speaking to some man on the street, Dr. Ali Al-Attar, who says the healthcare crisis is getting worse. Send more money, more oh. band-aids, whatever. And they never mentioned that this guy was obviously an operative connected with, was placed in Iraq in the government at that time. And furthermore, Attar obviously thought he was above the law and appears to have been above the law because he ran a major Medicare Medicaid scam, uh, bilking the government out of probably millions of dollars and did that using Egyptian embassy employees. So it's all kind of government diplomat stuff. He was never prosecuted by the FBI. But he, they were investigated and dropped it, just like the Awans. And then, uh, but the medical board read about it in the newspaper, investigated it, and took his license away because he wouldn't speak to them at all. Then in 2012, so he was scot-free. In 2012, Rod Rosenstein oh gives my God. him uh, charges with tax fraud. And it's just, there's no further word. It's He wasn't convicted. It, there are reports that he's now a fugitive in Iraq, but I can't track him down. Do, have you tracked him down, Binkley? Do you know where he is now? No. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think he ran. Any, uh, he ran the... Uh, he's definitely free. Yeah, he ran to Iraq so he didn't have to face charges. So basically they use this guy as a witness, kind of like how they use that one uh, embassy's daughter to talk about how uh, Al-Qaeda was going into hospitals and chucking yeah. babies on the floor and incubators, everybody's like, they're the chucking babies! Let's go and count these... 
baby chucking motherfuckers. And like that just basically got the, the war going. So that's what they use. Is yeah. they, they, they present these guys. I think that is again called sheep dipping, right? They sheep dip you where they like, you're actually somebody else, but they give you a, they present you as another person and uh, you live kind of that life as another person or you're presented as another person. And then you give the information necessary and then you slowly uh, disappear. And that's kind of what it sounds like they did here. They used this guy and they let him get away with fraud because he's playing ball with them. And we've seen that a lot where like these guys don't get arrested because they've done other shady black op shit for the government that they're never thrown in jail because they play yeah. ball with these people. God I think that's another reason why uh, Imran that was protected is not only did he probably have compromising secrets about everybody is see to me he seems like a a, a large-scale con artist and a grifter that uh, is willing to do anything so he, he's probably willing to do all the dirty work inside congress anything that they ask him to do he'll probably do it and so they need that guy in there yeah that's what yeah yeah i mean like it's just like the, this the raw of this is so deep it is unbelievable and it's like, they hire these shady people because probably they're all compromised and people they've taken money with says to hire these people. Then they hire these people. These people get all this information on them and now they're blackmailing them. So it's this like weird, vicious yeah. circle. Yeah, I had a weird thought about this is that if Atar, if he, if he, I, I get you, like all you see is that he's just this guy who says stuff and it's not really who he is. But if he really was an operative, like a Wolfowitz operative, uh, a guy inside the Middle East trying to create geopolitical action, and uh, neocons like Wolfowitz, they were Republicans. And I consider Hillary kind of uh, an undercover neocon in yeah, that she's sure. over there creating those kind of problems. So what if the reason, just like Operation Fast and Furious, that the reason the Republicans who were in charge at the time didn't go after the Awans, because that's really where it fell apart. The Republicans should have pursued these guys. They didn't. What if they were in there as intelligence agents at trying to, to get blackmail information on the Democrats? I mean, it's the Democrats they were spying on, right? So maybe there's some bipartisan nonsense because <laughs> Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she she was foiling Bernie on behalf of Hillary, you yeah. know what I mean? Maybe there's yeah. some treason within the party there. I mean, dude, this is some Game of Thrones shit right there for sure, <laughs> right? Like, like you're, everybody's playing everybody, trying to get on the throne. I mean, I'm <laughs> speculating, but I can't figure out why the Republicans wouldn't have nailed these guys to the wall. And I'm reminded of the Operation Fast and Furious thing where both parties at the very highest level were in it for international intrigue and their own personal gain or interests. Yeah, for 100 percent. That's kind of the uh, Operation Fast and Furious is where the CIA basically sold guns to the cartel. Mexican cartel and then they got busted like they were using some murders and then they were saying oh we were trying to follow the chain which is total bullshit well, they, yeah they were supposed right. to track it they, yeah. they had like tracking devices no, and all they this bullshit to track yeah shit. no they just gave They're, it to them yeah. so that they could re repower so they could them to do what they do in Mexico is yeah. fuck shit up yeah for sure and dude. I think they were trying to control the election outcome I think that was one of uh, the truth about guns guy Robert Farrago wrote some stories about that very compelling 
articles about that the Operation Fast and Furious was absolutely about politics. It's about in election Mexico. interference in Mexico. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, you think the United States only controls the here? Yeah, <laughs> for sure, dude. Or that, yeah, they only Russia interferes with us. We don't interfere with them. Oh, so it's very interesting. So you know, if you watch like a House of Cards, what we heard about House of Cards, people Washington insiders say. It's so real, right? Like, that's really what happens. And what we see is that there's all these this game that's played in the front of the, of the cameras, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of backstabbing, a lot of blah, blah, blah. You know, people on the same party trying to take out people of the same party, people trying to take out the other party. So, I mean, like, that could be what you're saying right here with these Iwan brothers, that the Republicans put them in the power to work with the Democrats, take out the Democrats. But then the Democrats and the Republicans all no, work no, the same. not to take out the Democrats, okay. no, to to affect some geopolitics in the Middle East that's above the parties, because Wolfowitz working with Atar in and then Atar being able to do whatever he wants and and going back over to Iraq if there was any connection between Atar and Awan beyond this coincidence that they were giving he was keeping his messed up dealership afloat maybe maybe there was something to it but at a level where Hillary and Wasserman Schultz and uh, other government actors want to make a an influence in Iraq I mean it can go as far as so that so that general that put Atar into the position of health minister or whatever it was like uh, the, a committee the head of the committee on health in Iraq he came out later and said what we really need, uh, what we did was we fostered uh, an Iran-centric Iraq. And it wasn't my fault. It was my successor. But this guy, Atar, was Iranian, of Iranian descent. So he was either from Iraq or Lebanon, but he was from Iranian descent. And that general who put him in there had to have known that. And that general says what we need is a big Kurdistan and a weak little Iraq. And that is that. You know what what I mean? It could be at that level. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's 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 4D, 5D. I mean, like I'm starting to. You know, I mean, like, I I'm just think the whole... I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Espion- espionage, potentially. And at, at the 4G, the 5G stuff, it's important because you tell people stuff like that and they'll be like, oh, they're playing like 8G chess. And I'm like, yeah, they are. If you read the propaganda documents and how these people operate, that's exactly what they do. Yeah, it's 100% true. And it's a long game. They play long games. Sometimes they don't even think the game's going to be completed in their lifetime. It's just set it up Mm -hmm. so that it happens at some point. I mean, I just just think our whole politics is just giant WWE scripted shit that gets us to fight over R's and D's. And even in the truth community where they're like, this guy's the same, that guy. It's like, dude, you're falling for that too. And it's just like... I mean, when Obama passed that 2013 bill that allows them to use propaganda, they're like, if we can't control this, we're going to flood this. We're going to flood it with so much information, you won't know what's real or fake. And that is a tactic laid out in the CIA uh, manuals and the propaganda analysis literature is if you cannot control, contain the information, you overwhelm people with it. Yeah, and there's so much, and it's just like one day you think the sky's blue, next day you're like, it might be pink, they just want us to think it's blue, and you're like, who knows what's what, and that's what they want us to do is just, and for some reason, people are like, fuck it, 
I'm just going to go to this lady who's got uh, Sean Hannity's haircut and gets paid $8 million a year to tell me what the people who are doing the war and owning the pharmaceuticals and, and, and basically making money and everything that's hurting this country, she's collecting a check from them to tell me what's going on and why she doesn't fucking report on this Awan Contra, uh, this Awan bro scandal, why she doesn't talk about Julian Assange, and we can get later into your belief on whether uh, he is uh, a honeypot or not, or, you know, we can get into all that, but why she doesn't talk any of this stuff, because the people who sign her check don't want her to talk about this stuff, and why we'll have Hillary or Debbie Wasserman Schultz on MSNBC when they just completely destroyed the 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 liberal uh party in this country i'm just yelling at people at this point <laughs> no, yeah <laughs> yeah i, no, I feel well, the same way sides, about that now. both sides are controlled opposition as far as the media goes and the politicians go and when you find somebody who either speaks outside of that like two-party thing they are absolutely yeah. demonized like what you were talking about they're thrown under the bus i mean i have a list of people I, I i'm afraid i'm not afraid but saying their names you'll be like that's a victim that person is the worst person in the world bill cosby Lori lachlan maria butina like i think these people have been uh ross ulbricht is the guy the new silk road guy i mean that guy's story is tragic justin carter i'm sure you've never even heard of him but these people were uh, uh, railroaded and destroyed because they might Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Did you just say you believe Bill Cosby was railroaded? Yes. Oh, my God. Really? (laughs) You don't think he did any of that stuff? I'll tell you, it doesn't take much to actually just read the documents and see. We did a whole episode on it, Binkley and I did. Okay, all right. Enough. We're gonna, we're gonna. I, I know people are like, dude, let her talk. Nope, we're going to do an episode on that coming up. <laughs> that blows my mind. Coming from a female, too. Right. I on, have. Man. Yeah. Female, that's that's dangerous. Blew that's... my mind too. The first time that yeah. when she laid it out to me, yeah. uh, he's a political prisoner. Why? Because he's going to buy NBC? <laughs> well, I'm not, I, you know. Uh, we you said we're going to wait. I'll yeah, you, you said a wait. But it would take a whole episode. Uh, okay, dude. Oh, <laughs> man. I oh. mean, I'm ready. If you want it, no, I'll give no, it to you. No, we're going to do a whole episode in June. A whole episode in June. <laughs> we're going to do it. People are, like, going to scream at me, let her talk, dude. I mean, like, <laughs> I want to get the... I want, See, now I, I'm going to get the hate mail. No, you're <laughs> not going to get the hate mail. We just got to do a whole episode on this. I do believe that this this Awan Brothers is important because we haven't gotten to what I consider to be as yep. bad part. And it makes I, – I honestly believe that, like, uh, Barack Obama, as, as time goes farther and farther from his presidency, the more and more we're going to see warts and the more and more we're going to see that he wasn't the savior that the left really wants you to believe he is. And that he is no different than his predecessors. And that, you know, he's just part of that whole George Bush, Clinton cog that I think is just a continuation of Bush politics, which is now what Trump is doing. And exactly. Exactly. You know, it goes back to what you said a moment ago, too. It's they keep us fighting domestically over bullshit so that they can continue to push the same international policy without us really paying attention to it. All right. 
So let's get back. I really want to go off on that thing, but I just I, we're stuck here, and I'm going to yell that. So the uh, the scandal starts to unravel with the Awans in uh, the February of that year. The House uh, Sergeant at Arms yanks House Computers Network's access for five information technology staffers who worked as shared employees for some thirty House Democrats. Those are the Awan brothers. Capitol Police tell members that five were under criminal investigation for possibly violating security policies. Now, let me ask you something. Is this, is this where Debbie Wasserman Schultz threatens the Capitol Police with uh, give I us think, back the servers? Or does that have to do with Seth Rich? I thought that had to do with the laptop. The laptop so this is yeah. a, a weird story. A laptop was left in a cubicle with Imran Awan's ID and yeah. some kind of letter. I didn't see the letter so that seems like a very strange scenario but talking they about did attorney have client it. privilege is what the letter was talking about but Some why sort would of privilege. he leave I don't his know. id there you know it's just so weird but whatever i mean so she that's when she said give me back my laptop or you're going to be in big trouble yeah so basically what happens is uh by march most of the democrats have fired the five first of all after this comes out they told all the uh, Democrats using them to change all your login information uh, so these guys can't log in because something's going on. Uh, by March, uh, most of the Democrats have fired the five if only because they could no longer do their jobs, which is very interesting. Everybody except for who? Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the puzzlement of many Democrats and Republicans. Wasserman Schultz kept one of the five Aman Awan on the payroll, even though he did not, did, could not do the standard house of IT. Um, and now the trial comes, which is something. Good luck finding this information. I went through so much. Try to find the name of the prosecutor in the Awan trial. They will not tell you the name. They will only say the prosecutor. You have to dig so fucking deep, and then you find out who is the prosecutor who is prosecuting for the DOJ, prosecuting the Yuan brothers. Don't tell me. Here it's we Steve go. Wasserman. Steve Wasserman. Is it? Is it? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't find that, but I was wondering because her brother works in that office. It was Steve. Like, look at you. You guys are two. The it was reason I brother? love having you guys on. I don't know. Yes. You guys didn't know this? Are you being serious? No, I, I looked yeah, and I, I saw that he worked in that office, but I could not find that he was, was on that even Wasserman. And, dude, they hide that from every article that they write on this thing. They never yeah. tell you the name of the prosecutor. And the prosecutor's literally Debbie Wasserman Schultz's brother. The judge was an Obama-appointed judge that had ties to the Clintons. Oh, my God. And so was his lawyer, high-priced Clinton, former Clinton... Uh, was it an aide, lawyer, campaign worker? Um, and, this, and Obama oh, yeah. comes in in a few. Here, Obama's going to come in <laughs> a few. But Stephen Wasserman Schultz, no one would ever name him as the prosecutor in this thing. He basically gives them a slap on the wrist, and they're basically let go. There's no real, they said they couldn't prove their case. And the judge, who we just found out, is an Obama-appointed judge, which, remember that, because we're about to drop some more shit on this, okay? 
So is that after they were caught at the airport trying to flee the country? That's, this is after that. That is after yeah. this trial is after they tried to flee and they grabbed them at the airport yeah. and make them go to trial. Because they had all of their stuff, all of their kids, and they were selling all their properties. They were clearly leaving forever. Yeah. It's so funny. You go to the gold. Hold on. Let me go here. Go to the page. Yep. Goldwater. You, if you go to goldwater.com, you basically, you'll never find it. Dude, I'll send you the uh, <laughs> the uh, link real quick because you're not going to find it. But basically, dude, they, they're the only ones. And what we're finding is that they are wiping out. They're wiping out. Um, they're going back and they're getting rid of all this evidence that conspiracy theorists use. They're going back and they're, they're wiping it from the Internet. Um, I called it the day they were going to do that. Remember, it was Valentine's Day last year. It was right after the Parkland event, the uh, Parkland shooting in Florida. And I just I, I within one week, I was like, I can't find anything like my old research approach is. Oh, and what happened to me this week twice? I was trying to find something I absolutely knew existed. I had the exact quote I was looking for. And Google came up with nothing twice and uh, DuckDuckGo came up with it right at the top. So obviously Google's leading the charge. And that's when our stuff started getting suppressed. And I got we got thrown off of WordPress and some yeah, YouTube dude. and stuff. I mean, like, good that. luck finding the video where uh, basically David Hogg admits he wasn't there for the shooting. Like, go find. He says he got a call on his phone that went down. He said he jumped on his bike and drove down. What's really creepy is earlier in the day, he's running videos and interviewing people when they're doing drills. And like an idiot, he fucking slates it. He's like, "Uh, David Hogg, uh, blah, 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 1030 a.m., which the shootings don't happen until 2 p.m. So he slates it. They shoot all that stuff. And then like a piece of shit, he goes home while the shit's about to go down. And then he rides up and starts being the voiceover guy. And he just now happened to get into Harvard when he didn't have the grades to get into UCLA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? So they're, they're yeah. cleaning this all up. You cannot find anywhere where it tells you that Stephen Wasserman was the fucking prosecutor on that. And they basically let him go. And now we find out that the judge was an Obama appointee, which totally makes sense because the Awam brothers are part of something we call now Obama-Contra, which is a uh, homage of, to Iran-Contra, okay? Which we all know back in the day, Bush's basically used crack cocaine, flooded the, the, the ghettos with crack cocaine to fund black ops which is what we're finding more and more is that the U.S. drug trade is used to fund black operations around the world, okay? And uh, do you guys know anything about this? About the uh, Obama-Contra or yeah, Iran-Contra? Obama-Contra. Are you talking about when he shut down Project Cassandra? Yes, where he basically stopped the DEA from investigating whether Hezbollah was using the drug trade in America to fund their operations. And basically what I believe they were doing is they were sending cars back from the Iwan the dealership full of cash back to fucking, uh, back to oh, Hezbollah. Yeah, so the car, the CIA dealership. Yes, the CIA dealership. And what do we know about the drug trade? The world drug trade is ran by who? The CIA. CIA. 
Yeah. And this guy has a bunch of front organizations too. That that CIA is not the only one. So his front organizations, uh, you know, that's something he's going to be using to hide to hide how he's spending his money. That would make perfect sense. Yeah. So basically, what happens is that Project Cassandra, okay, <laughs> is basically where. Um, what is Project Cassandra? Hold on, I'm looking it up real quick. Um, do you guys know what it is? I, I okay. believe it was an FBI operation where they were trying to figure out uh, uh, the. Okay, here were, it is. Yeah, the, it was the campaign money dubbed for car dealerships. Yeah, right? Project Cassandra was launched in 2008 after the DEA administration amassed evidence that Hezbollah had transformed itself into a Middle Eastern, Middle East focused military and political organizations and an international crime syndicate that investors believe investigators believe was collecting one billion dollars a year from drug and weapons trafficking, money laundering, and criminal activities. The CIA really hates when anybody else makes money off of drugs than them. <laughs> they get really... They have to protect their monopoly. They have to protect... Yeah, like we said here, fucking El Chapo was a district manager, okay? He wasn't running anything. Well, they've been, they've been controlling the drug trade for a long time. The, they created the drug yeah, trade. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So basically what happens uh, is that the DA uh, agents working out of a top-secret DA facility in Virginia use wiretapping, undercover operations, and informants to map Hezbollah, Hezbollah's illicit network with the help of 30 U.S. and foreign security agencies. A whole group had come together. They'd file cocaine shipments from Latin America to West Africa and onto Europe and the Middle East and throughout Venezuela and Mexico to the United States. They tracked the river of dirty cash as it laundered by. Now, this is off of Politico, and this is uh, written by, I don't know, it doesn't say who it's written by, but it, oh, it's written by Josh Mayer, so I don't want to take any of his shine. This is all his stuff. But basically, they found it, uh, reached higher. So, but as... Project Cassandra reached higher and higher into the hierarchy of conspiracy. Obama administration officials threw an increasingly insurmountable series of roadblocks in its way. So that's what we're getting to here. Is that Obama, basically, the administration knew Hezbollah was using the U.S. drug trade to fund their operations and... To protect his nuclear deal, which is a shady-ass nuclear deal, okay? He basically let them sell drugs in the U.S. and pull the DEA off that. I mean, is this what you guys think happened? I think if they were going to get someone to help them in an operation like that, then either planting someone or, putting, or, or exploiting someone who's already in the position of a... IT staffer in Congress is the perfect spot to put someone. I mean, there's no better spot to put someone where they can facilitate something like that. Well, I mean, like if it's all like interwoven, dude, I mean, I mean, how deep are these guys? How connected are they to the, to the Democrats? See, I think, I think it goes, uh, I think it's operates at a higher level than that where everybody's got the same plan, right? Bush, Clinton, Obama, Trump, they want to, let's just say, I mean, I don't know if the plan moves around or what, but you had a Bernard Lewis plan. You had the Condoleezza Rice New Middle East map. Did you ever see that? No. It's got, it just re, she, <laughs> the Department of Defense actually copyrighted this map. 
where they show new borders, new boundaries in the countries in the Middle East. So if you want to go way back to like World War One, where they wanted to break up the Turkish Empire and they redrew the lines to make every country like a patchwork of tribes so that they would be um, not very powerful. What what happened over the years is those countries, it, it, it had the effect of secularizing the countries because they had to get along. So then you had all these leaders who were secular in Afghanistan, Nasser in Egypt. You had um, ultimately Gaddafi in Libya. You have Assad and Syria, Hussein in Iraq, they were all secular. And then that became a problem because they were they were joining the race and they controlled the oil. So in order to uh, kind of double down on weakening them, so the idea goes, they were redrawing it to be tribal again. And and uh, the way I heard it described was basically paying off, I had to look up the word venal. I didn't know it meant like bribable or whatever. Venal moms, not bribable, but like just uh, materialistic. And like they were then kind of implementing these rules that like, oh, we don't believe in industrialization. We don't believe in materialism. We don't believe in this stuff, which would, would weaken them all for the control. Not really it's because you want the oil, but because you want to make sure you have a monopoly on the oil. So that would be the idea if it was an oil and gas thing. And everybody who runs this country would be uh, part of trying to restructure the geography of the Middle East. Yeah, and there's something about that area. It's Mesopotamia, dude. Old school, you know, beginning of human civilization there. And they've been fighting over that area forever. What Israel's doing to Palestine, well, you know, the Ottomans did to the Israel, and it's just like they there's been nothing but war in that area. There's something more than just oil. Because we find oil all over the place. There's yeah. oil all over. There's something there that they're not telling the us transit. about. That, well, yeah, Israel yep. is that port. Israel is a very important port to that area because it's like it's supposedly like a port to the world, right? Is that... With the whole thing, I was just thinking. I bet if you balanced all the land on a on a top, you know, you ever have one of those little games where like something is just balanced on a top. If you balanced all the land, I wouldn't be surprised if that pivot point is. Oh yes, exactly. If that exact point, all the landmass of the world just kind of would balance there because you have uh, what's yeah. called the 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 world island is Eurasia, and then Africa is so big, so that us, you know, the Atlantic you know, America and the UK and Australia, whatever the English speakers are just little islands around the edges with no real power. So if they can control that ah. central position, then yep. they have some power. And if they can keep other people from allying like Germany and Russia, basically the start of all wars is to keep Germany and Russia apart. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. That's basically what you're talking is pagan versus Israel. Israelite. That's a big <laughs> This is all weird, biblical, crazy shit. But at the end of the day, that's really just about having power and, or and basically yeah. owning a port that controls basically world commerce and stuff like that. Man. And the Suez Canal is absolutely critical to oh the way the world God, works right now. Dude. It's so, just critical. Yeah. The whole, and they prevent people from discussing it by injecting uh, religious tension into everything. And right. so people can't talk about it. Well, that's a big thing they thought about, like Israel. Israel is basically there to cause that whole region to fight with each other. And you just put this thing that's kind of doesn't doesn't agree religiously with anybody around it. And now you have this giant fucking war going on. 
And, you know, that's what Syria is about. Syria is that fucking pipeline from yes. uh, basically Qatar to the, yes. the Balkan Sea. And that uh, that cuts off uh, Russia from giving uh, Europe all of its energy. It's just so... Through Ukraine. Fun. Yeah. But I think those people You're are so used sons. to war. I think those people are so used to war. It's just... Just I like, don't know if you ever get used to war. Uh, I don't know. But that just to like put a, a point on it. So what you say? Say it's say it's UK. I never know who's at the top there. But say it's the UK. Right. Brings that all that trouble, and then we, you know. So when you look at the U.S. presence and you think, oh, Democrat versus Republican, I'm not really buying that. I'm saying it's all working together for a higher plan. And then if you look at these sites like the World Economic Forum or the Rockefeller Foundation or the <laughs> UN, you can see it's there is a global plan. Absolutely. You can call it a plot, oh, but for sure. whatever Brave it is. new world. That's what yeah. the World Economic Forum said they were building, a brave new digital world. They literally took the title of Brave New World. And they're and not said they doing were building. it without controlling such an easily controlled position like the president of the United States, in my opinion. So let, I want to look at something. Now, this is kind of crazy Sam brain thinking <laughs> that just kind of going, is it kind of interesting that Obama, out of all these presidents, are is starting to kind of be like, oh, the, the FISA report, the, you know, uh, the wiretapping. And now all these people are kind of coming out going, oh, this is Obama's administration. Like, we haven't seen a president thrown under a bus for a very long time. That's obviously JFK, right? It was the last time that we saw a president th thrown under the bus. And Well, Watergate was a coup. Uh, on um okay let's get into that because that that <laughs> kind of goes into I obama have another i have another big picture idea that takes off of what you're okay saying. let's hear it there's 18 years between jfk getting his head blown off and ronald reagan getting shot okay and during that time four of the six presidents were taken out or attempted to taken out so lbj who was scared shitless probably after jfk then nixon was taken out by watergate and so was his vp was spiro agnew uh was forced to resign his book which i have is called go quietly or else then gerald ford comes in the only unelected person ever you know he wasn't elected to vp or president to sit in the president's seat like an idiot picks rockefeller as his vp and quickly there are assassination attempts against him carter is a shill of brzezinski or whatever what then you have did you just shot. say and then after that they're all complete face jobs in my opinion oh my god i love it <laughs> have you guys on going blow my mind now Blow my mind in three, two, Go. one. Carter's a shell. <laughs> what? I wouldn't doubt it. But so let's get into Obama, right? So Obama, what are we starting to learn through these nuclear deals, um, these WikiLeaks drops? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we starting to learn? That he wasn't playing ball, or at least it's appearing that he wasn't playing ball with Israel, right? To a point. Can we agree on that, or am I... Going too far out. It looks like it, but the 20,000 bombs on Syria a year make you think that he's kind of playing into the greater, greater Middle East project, whoever. Small bombs. Tell the story bombs, about the yes. small bombs. Yeah, I had a limo driver, real liberal, and I was like, how can you still defend Obama after dropping 20,000 bombs a year on Syria? And he said, well, they were very small bombs. I said, well, what's your address? I'll have him send you one. Yeah, so have one small bomb hit your house and tell me how that fucking feels. <laughs> but now there's another WikiLeaks that just got dropped that said Obama gave like 350 mil or $250 million 
two or a billion dollars, some crazy number to the Palestinians. What do you think of that? Is that real? I I, I don't I don't know that data point, but I always think that about why do we fund the Palestinians and and always avow that Israel's are our closest allies. Like I just I don't get they're that. Although the there are, I saw in the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and the New York I think New York Times said that that those they, they use some of that back channel money to Hezbollah and Hamas in order to justify some of the these uh, violent conflicts. Yeah, well, it's just like the bankers. what we're doing over there to Syria and stuff like that. Yeah, you fund both sides of the war. Both sides 100% benefits people at the top. I mean, like, dude, I mean, say what you ever want about Alex Jones, and I got a ton of shit for having that guy on. But one thing he said was that, um, who was, who's the, uh, Palestinian, uh, not Hezbollah, who's, who's, uh, Hamas Hamas is controlled opposition. Uh, Israeli controlled opposition that they are basically there because I mean look what we did with Al-Qaeda we created Al-Qaeda we created ISIS why like Israel is there's a reason it's called the state of Israel it's the 51st state man it is like it is our 51st state happens to be the most powerful of all the states right but it's like why wouldn't they use the same game plan that we use or even the Nazi used or who knows if it was even our game plan. It was maybe the British game plan of false flags and all that shit, creating opposition in order to drop a heavier hand on that. Did you see Wait, any? How much did you say Obama gave him? WikiLeaks supposedly came out and said that Obama gave Palestine a ton of cash. $221 million during, $221, yeah. During million. his last hours in office. And a lot of times that money, like in Egypt and stuff, they don't give them cash. It's like a billion dollars in aid. They give them weapons. Yep. So I don't know if they do that with Palestine, but that's how they do it in Egypt. It's it's blood chilling. It, no, it's, it's really sad because we have created complete chaos in the world. And Obama and this Awan, this Awan stuff really just says, dude, that our politicians have sold us out for money, allowed enemy states to get all this info on what we're doing. and It's all scripted bullshit, but at the end of the day, we send our sons and daughters to die for banker wars in which the other, the opposite side knows exactly probably what we're doing because everybody's just selling our secrets and there's no accountability. Why is there a limit on the amount of times a governor can run for uh for a governor of a state. Why is there why is there only so many times a mayor can run for mayor state? Yeah, our our politicians in Washington DC can run unlimitely. They can just keep running as I just made up a word unlimitedly, but the point is <laughs> limitless, you know? I mean it's, it works. You know, it's just crazy. Like and what's going on with this college scandal where these these coaches are getting fucking cash to get these players to go to this shoe company or that school. That's all we do with our politicians. That's all that is. This Citizens United shit is just bribing our politicians. So we literally allow it to happen with our politicians in our government, but not uh, college basketball or football. It's like, Binkley, we should turn them on to our theories of Lori Loughlin. Lori Loughlin was set up because she's a conservative. <laughs> Who's Lori she, she was, she was, she was. It sounds like it looks like entrapment to me. Who is this? Lori Laughlin is the She's, one that was yeah. on Full House. 
She was one of the oh. people who yeah, was supposed dude, to be a criminal all, in the college admission dude. scandal, and along with Bill Cosby, we think she's a okay. victim. We're gonna hear this, I'm <laughs> but it's all smoke screens, dude. It's all smoke yeah. screens. So the yeah. CIA or the FBI acts like, "Look at us doing this useless crime fighting that really doesn't affect your fucking right. life." Like, dude, her daughter was on a fucking yacht with a bunch of the fucking boosters. You don't think yes. they're running trains on that chick, dude? That's why she's there, dude. Who gives? a fucking shit anyways that's my opinion right um <laughs> guys well uh, we gotta wrap they it up need here people to fight with each other that's why they gotta keep build both sides up all the time because without some without a side to choose you can't control people and you can't dominate the world if you're not splitting them apart i i gotta be honest with you guys you guys are probably one of my favorite guests to have on i love having you guys because you guys have such great research and you guys never fail to bring it and i appreciate you guys one more time where they can find your podcast Thepropreport.com. Okay, man. Uh, we are going to set this up for June. You're going to come and blow my mind and tell me how Bill Cosby got set up. I cannot wait to the blowback on that episode where everyone tells me I'm a fucking asshole. You guys are the best. Uh, XG, good luck on your show. Thank you, and thank uh, you. guys, we're going to do it soon. Thank you guys for coming in. I appreciate everybody listening to the show. Take care, everybody. Thank we'll, you so we'll much. We'll do it again soon. Later. Bye. See y'all.